Okay, let's do this. Glad you guys are here. Again, my name is Jono, and uh, hopefully you will be back next week. Uh, we are in the last week of a series called Emoji. We're talking about emotions. We're talking about God-given emotions. Today we're talking about gratitude, which takes a little more of you being intentional. Um, actually, I've been calling this series the poop series just because when I'm out there, it's hard just not to just stare at the poop. So hopefully you won't just be stuck staring at the poop the rest of the day, because I would if somebody had just said that. So um, anyway, so this is not called the poop series, um, but this is called emoji. So we're talking about emotions. Today is about gratitude. Uh, real quick, I, I think I went long last time. So um, what time are we supposed to end? Like noon? So maybe at about 10 till noon, if I'm just kind of going like everything's okay, feel free to just give me one of the, okay, all right, we're hungry. Uh, and and I'll, I'll do my best to stop within 20, within 20 minutes. So, anywho, well, let's get rolling. Um, I tend to be a cup half, uh, half empty person, right? That's the negative type, right? Yeah, that's me. So, um, actually, last night I, was, <laughs> I had Heather read over my, my message notes, and I'd accidentally typed glass half full, and I hear her, <laughs> she's like, uh, you meant half empty, right? Uh, yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am negative. I hate everything. So uh, thank you for the reminder, hon. Uh, but no, that's true. I, I am like that. I'm terrible. And uh, it doesn't take, no, I'm not terrible, but it doesn't take a lot for me to complain. It doesn't take a lot for me to become discontent. It doesn't take a lot for me to tell you what I, I don't like. Um, and, and you probably struggle with that too. I'm sure I'm not the only one that walks in the house with a refrigerator that has a decent amount of food in it. And, and I say, there's nothing here to eat. And I'm sure I'm not, well, I'm sure you're not the only one who walks into a closet full of clothes saying, you know, I've got nothing to wear. Uh, maybe I've done that a couple times, but um, that's mostly women, right? Uh, I'm pretty impatient. Uh, and, and instead of being grateful for things and, and stopping and enjoying, I, I just get impatient. And I'm like from one thing to the next. And uh, I, I can also, I tend to, you know, I could receive like 10 compliments, like at once. It's never happened. <laughs> Feel free. Uh, but I could receive 10 compliments and then one person criticize and the rest of the day, man, I will just, I will just hang on to the criticism because of that, that glass half empty wiring. And so today we're going to talk about what is... Um, an offensive weapon to the things that I just mentioned, that, that a lack of, um, that when I show gratitude and, and when I become grateful for things, then I will become more patient and I will enjoy life more and I will not be such a whiny complainer. Um, I've got a couple people in my life that have kind of pointed this out to me, which was very nice of them. Uh, but you do, you need those people in your life. I've got one guy, he, he's a good bit older than me, and, and he's a mentor. And when I'm whining and complaining about certain things, he, he comes back to this, you've you got to think about what you're grateful for. And uh, this message was pretty difficult for me to write because it turns out I'm not a very grateful person. Okay, so please don't hear me talking down, down to you. I'm, I'm probably, you're probably way more grateful for things than I am. So this is a struggle for me, so I'm going to talk to me. You guys are free to listen in, and hopefully you get something out of it. Um, but I am, I am praying and trying to be more grateful because I do believe 
that it changes things. Uh, it, it will change my relationships with other people. It will change my family. It will change my relationships with my kids. It will change my outlook on life. It will change a lot. And ultimately, it'll, it will change my relationship with my Heavenly Father if I begin dwelling on the things that He has done good for me and, and that I should be grateful for. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we can hook you up. We'll throw, we'll throw the scripture on the screen. If you don't have a Bible and you wish you had one to take home or something, you like a paper Bible, uh, I'll let you borrow one. You can come, come ask me after service. We got a box of them. You can steal it, whatever you want. The, stealing a Bible is not a sin, okay? So Colossians chapter 3, verse, verse 12. Y'all there? It's okay if you're not. I hate it when someone starts reading the Bible verses before I'm there, okay? So if you're new to church and all, and, and they're, they're, take your time, no pressure. But are you guys there yet? For real, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, okay. Uh, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You, if, if you don't think it's a sin to underline in your Bible, uh, underline dearly loved. It's not a sin, by the way. So steal Bibles, underline them, write in them, do what you want. It's all good. Holy and dearly loved. I think sometimes we forget that we have a heavenly father who's not just some distant king waiting for us to mess up, but he actually dearly loves us. I am somebody who's dearly loved, and, and he, the Bible says he delights in me, like he enjoys me. He enjoys seeing me follow him. He enjoys having a relationship with me, and if I'm not grateful to him and not delighting in him, then there's going to be a wedge there. There's going to be a gap, and so I am dearly loved, and I need to clothe myself with compassion. He says, clothe, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. <coughs> And be thankful. Underline that. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude, with gratitude in your heart, that I would praise Him, that there would be some gratitude in my heart, that I would clothe myself with compassion, I would bear with you guys as we are, are living life together and we're, we have a relationship as we're following Jesus together at Journey that we would bear, uh, you know, as much as you annoy me or as much as I annoy you, you're going to forgive me, right? You're going to get over it, right? And, and, and we would bear with each other's burdens and help each other out, and we would be thankful to our Heavenly Father for how good He's been to us. And that I would have a heart that's filled with gratitude, okay? And so if you're, if you're a note taker, if you're writing stuff down, you may write this down, that gratitude is the or at least an offensive weapon, if not the offensive weapon in the areas that a lot of us struggle with. For instance, entitlement. Some of us feel entitled to certain things and that we are kind of owed something, okay? And we like to pick on millennials. Uh, it doesn't take very long for you to find an article. You can Google an article and pretty quick find someone ranting about how entitled millennials think they are, or you can bing it, whatever it is that you do, whatever you're into. So you can, you can find an article. But the, the truth is um, that we all have some level of entitlement that we think we're owed something. 
and um, gratitude will go on the fence, uh, the offense against that. Uh, discontentment. You struggle with being discontent. You crave something that you don't have. You don't understand why you don't have that, and I should have that. I don't understand why God's not giving me that or why they have it and I don't have it. I'm discontent. Or jealousy. You struggle with jealousy of, of someone else, something that they have or the way that they are or something about their life that you want that you don't have. Gratefulness and gratitude will fight that. And then depression. Man, some of my friends in here, if you, if you struggle with depression, um, I, believe, I believe that gratitude, that if I get in a habit of gratitude and incorporate gratitude regularly into the other ways that I'm treating my depression, okay? And, and, and let's pause right there. Those of you that struggle deeply with depression, that, that there would be a major depressive issue, okay? Uh, I'm not saying just, just pray your way out of it, okay? Because so, you know, you're, you're here right now and you're struggling and your baseline's right here. And so sometimes it does take, and I need to be thankful to God for the medication that he uses to get me to a place where I can begin to use the tools that people who love me and care for me and, and can help me with. Then, then I can use those tools because when I'm down here struggling with depression, I don't care about tools. I don't care about you know deep breathing or all those exercises. And, and so I am not saying anything, I, you know, stay on the medicine, but then when you get to a place where you are in a place where you can focus and you can think about your heavenly father, then we begin to practice gratitude and we have other tools that, that we use. And I believe that gratitude will help you through uh, depression. Okay. And so the foundation for this and where we're going to go today would be <clears throat> uh, that, and you can write this down, that everything good that I have, everything good about my life comes from God. Everything good comes from God. Okay. James 1, 17, and we're going to Throw it on the screen. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Okay? Every good thing that you have, every good thing that I have comes from God, and every good thing that someone around you has that you're jealous of came from God. Okay? And so I've got to get to a place where I'm thinking about some of us, and, and, and I get here where I'm just kind of stuck in this little, this little ditch of thinking that, that life is not good. And when the truth is, when I think about how much I've been given, when I think about the fact that I have a big room in my house that's just full of stuff that I don't use anymore, like, who does that? Like, I have a, I have a huge room full of crap, okay? Um, can we say crap? Let's use the first service for the first recording for the podcast um, tech guys, okay, or erase that. Uh, but I've, I've just got all these good things. I've been forgiven. I mean, there's so much that I've done that I've been forgiven for. And when I think about all the ways that I've been forgiven, all the ways that I've been blessed, all the good things that God has done for me and to me and to the people that I love and, and the way he has blessed my life, then I'm grateful. And when I think on that, it changes. It changes the way I look. It changes my relationship with other people. It changes my relationship with him. And, and maybe, and, and this thought popped in my head, okay? And, and, I, and I wrestle with this. Yeah, every, every good thing is, is from God, but, but you know, I'm, I'm working 60 hours a week to earn this stuff, okay? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an American, man. I go, I go to work every day, and I, 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 I kill something, I bring it home to eat, you know? I work hard. I've earned it. I went, I went to... You know, I went to five years of college. It should have been four, but I went to five years of college to learn how to do that, okay? And I earned that. 
the, the ability to work, the, the opportunities that you've had, those, those times where, when you were in the right place at the right time, the connections that you had that got you that great job or whatever it is, this is all from God. Your ability to work hard, those good things are from your Heavenly Father, and I need to be grateful for that. Because if I'm not, and you can write this down, if I'm not grateful for that, when, when gratitude declines, then discontentment grows. That, that the less gratitude, that if I'm not intentional about showing gratitude, then, then that lowers and my discontentment with life grows. And discontented is a dangerous place for us to be. Discontentment is where we begin comparing ourselves to other people. Discontentment is where we just start hating on our life and we start looking for something to please us, okay? It is dangerous, men, for us to be discontented with our lives and with where we are. Discontentment is killing marriages. Discontentment is wrecking churches, because as my gratitude declines, if I want to fight it, I've got to increase gratitude, and then my discontentment is going to decline. There's a guy, there's a, um, he's a French theologian, 19th century. We had to read him a lot in um, seminary. Um, solid dude, would not want to hang out with him. Uh, with him. Um, doesn't look like he'd have a sense of humor, but here's what he says. Blaise Pascal, okay, he says, All men seek happiness, and this is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. The cause of some going to war and others avoiding it is the same desire in both, attended with different views. The will never takes the least step but to this object. This is the motive of every action and every man and even those who hang themselves. The idea here is that we are driven by pleasure. We as humans, we are driven by pleasure. We are seeking happiness, and this drives most, if not everything that we do. We are seeking out pleasure. And if we do not find that pleasure and that satisfaction in a relationship with our Heavenly Father, then we are going to go looking for it somewhere else. And a lot of us have done that and came up Empty. A lot of you are right there, and that's why you're here today, because you've looked and tried everything else, and, and you were coming up empty, and you've turned to church. A friend's been pestering you. I, you don't, I don't know why you're here, but you are finally seeking out God. And what happens in the Bible, it, it, Jesus kind of shakes things up, okay? And he comes and says that he's given us life, that, that the thief, the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy but Jesus said, I came, I'm here, so that you can have an abundant life. I'm here so that you, if you maybe memorize this as a kid, life to the full. Jesus said, I'm here so that you can have an abundant life. Not an abundance in, in a materialistic term, but that you can be satisfied in him. And there's a celebration in the Bible of Jesus being the one in whom most pleasure, in whom the most pleasure is possibly experienced. And I want to get to a place where I'm finding my enjoyment in him, where I'm seeking him out in a relationship with him. I actually enjoy. I'm not doing it out of guilt. I'm not reading the Bible out of guilt or because it's the right thing to do. I'm not showing up at church because that's what you do in the South. I'm not praying. I'm not going to a community group 
because it's what you do, but I, I actually enjoy Jesus. I enjoy getting closer to my Heavenly Father because it is satisfying because everything else that I've ever tried has come up short. David, King David said in Psalm chapter 4, verse 7, this is a good verse, you ought to write this down or memorize it or think about it, put it somewhere. David said, you have put more joy, he's talking to God, you have put more joy in my heart than they have with their, when their new grain or when their grain and new wine abound. I totally butchered that verse, but you can read it how it's supposed to go up there. He says pretty much in, that, that grain and new wine is, is a symbol or it is wealth in David's day, that it would be a symbolic of wealth. And he even says the new wine. We're not talking about the box stuff. You know, we're not talking about CVS wine. We're talking about this is the good stuff, okay? So when their grain and wine abound, yes, good for them. I'm glad that you're blessing them, God. But that's not going to bother me that you've blessed them with that because I'm satisfied in you. Let them have all they want because I'm satisfied with you. Let them have everything that I want, that I wish I had. But God, you're better still. They can post a picture of their brand new car on Instagram. And I can get in my 2004 car. And I'm just going to say, thanks, God, that I have a, a 12-year-old car with 300,000 miles on it. You know? Go, God. I love it. And yes, I, you know, I'd like a new car. But um, sometimes we struggle with seeing other people's stuff on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, and that messes us up. Seeing their vacation or their trip or their whatever, their new car, their new house, their new pool, and that, that messes with you because you're busy comparing how good God's been to them with how good God has been to you, and you're, hoping, and you're not understanding why the scorecard's not evening up, and it doesn't seem fair. And so some of us need to get off social media for a while because it is eating your lunch. No matter what they have, man, Jesus is better. I waste so much time thinking that my joy will be found in some other place or some other thing. There's not one thing that I can go buy that in 20 years, for the most part, it's not going to be in a junkyard somewhere. You know, this car that when I got when it was new that I thought was amazing, now I'm dissatisfied with it, and it is going to rot and rust away somewhere. Your house is going to rot and rust away. These things that I'm, I'm trying to find my joy in, they are they're temporary. And the only place that I'm going to find satisfaction is in a, is in a sweet, good, close relationship with Jesus. Not a relationship with going to church, but a relationship with Jesus. And if I say God is real, if I believe he is real, if I believe the Bible is real, then I better figure out what he wants. And some of us, that's, that's where you are. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to satisfy is being in a right relationship with God. That's not going to happen if I'm messed up thinking about what I don't have and I'm spending all my time upset and discouraged and... and discontent. And so what I've got to do is I've got to become an expert on how good God has been to me, okay? Become an expert on how good God has been to you. You should write that down. Become an expert in how good God has been to you. Our default posture, our default posture, the way we normally are is to be aware of what we don't have 
instead of what we do. The way that my mind, the place that my mind goes most of the time are to, what, are to the things that I don't have instead of thinking about all the awesome things that I do have, all the awesome people, the good people in my life that I do have. John 21. This is, a, this is good. This is good. This is Jesus. You don't have to turn there. You can, you can kind of just listen to this one. Because I wrestle with this. I, I, it, it has bothered me, and I think sometimes it still does bother me, that, I mean, if every good thing comes from God, they've got more than I do. Life seems to be going better for them and not so great for me. Or life seems to go, be going really terrible for this one person, and they, they don't have what they need. And... Um, it, it bothers me. I wrestle with that. There, there's tension there that I don't like. Here, here's an encounter with you somewhere. It says, but when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will have to dress you and lead you somewhere that you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to Peter, follow me. So he's telling Peter, look, things are going to get bad for you, pal. It's not going to end pleasant for you, but follow me. So then in verse 20, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, which is a nice name, you know, you know they don't even have to say his name. That's the one Jesus loves. He just kind of stood out. Jesus loves everybody, but there was a special relationship there. But P Peter looks at Jesus and, and says, um, what about him? You just told me that life is going to be, that, that my life is going to end bad. It's going to be rough. What about John? What you got in store for him? It's going to be bad too, right? He's not just going to be living it up while I'm crucified on the cross. Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what's it to you? You must follow me. I love, I, I kind of picture Jesus saying, if I want him to stay alive and you to die right now, what's it to you? Huh? 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 What are you going to do about it? Huh? That's, I know Jesus wouldn't do that, but that's how I picture that story unfolding in, in my mind. Maybe he did do that, which makes me love him even more. But the, the, the moral of the story there for you and I is that it is not for you and I to decide or to be jealous or to be envious of what God is doing in someone else's life. He, he says, look, if someone, if I let him remain alive until I come back, what is it to you? You're supposed to just be focused on following me. And the same message applies to me and you. The, he's saying the same thing to you and I. That if I give them something that you want, if I give them a better something than I gave you, what's it to you? You're supposed to be following me. It's not for you to keep score. So throw away the scorecard, delete your Instagram, and just focus on me. If that's a struggle for you, then go on a mission trip. Go somewhere where there are a lot of poor people. Okay, uh, every, for about 10 years, I took a group of high schoolers to Brazil, and we worked in what are called flavillas. They are like 
acres and acres of shacks with dirt floors that families live in. And we would go there. There's like 37 of us, you know, at the house going to visit and, and do whatever we're doing. And the lady, oh, she's got this, you know, a house smaller than this stage. And she's like, in, 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 come in, eat, 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 eat. And 37 of us are just filing in there like, all right, we'll, we'll come in. This is going to be great. And, but, but man, they're, they're loving life. They're broke. They got nothing, man. But they, they, are, they are loving life. And so the trips usually start out like at the beginning, we're kind of feeling sorry for everybody. How do they live like this? You know, my, I don't even have a good cell service here. This is terrible. I don't know how they... Um, and by the, end, by the end of the trip, man, we're kind of feeling sorry for ourselves. Because, they, they, yeah, they got nothing, but they got time with their kids. Yeah, they don't have a nice house, and, and, and man, they're using the bathroom behind their house, but... They're not stressed out. They're living to be like 120 because they're not stressed like we are. They're growing bananas for like a month, and then they're good. And we become envious of that. And um, so maybe, maybe to get a perspective, you need to go somewhere where there's a lot of poor people. I need to learn to walk in thankfulness. I need to learn to walk in gratitude. I need to be a grateful person, and I need... To praise God. And so the blessings in our life, the good things that God does in our lives, they're either going to stir up love and gratitude for him or they're going to stir up our pride. The good things that, that come into my life are either going to make me prideful and I'm going to want to brag about them and like think that I'm awesome because I earned it or it's going to make me grateful to my heavenly father that he would bless me in such a way okay so if you want to test your heart with that okay maybe look at your own social media if your first inclination when something good happens to you is not to thank your heavenly father but to post it on social media then i would say you are struggling with pride even if you did put the hashtag blessed <laughs> or started it with so honored to um i would say that you're struggling with pride talking with the kids last night, uh, um, some of my kids about that. We have like 19. So there was a few of them we were talking and we were talking about gratitude and, and I, I, I was like, okay, do this. Pretend like you just lost everything. Like everything's gone. We just lost our house. We just lost both of our 2004 automobiles. They're gone. Um, and and it, it's, just, it's just bad, man. We, we don't have anything. Like how, how would that make you feel? Lord, that's terrible. Okay, imagine that you just got it all back. Oh, wow, I love this car. I know the doors don't work, sunroof leaks, but I love it. This is great. I'm so glad we have the van back. Be thankful for how busy you are, man. You got, you got, you got a family, you got friends, man. Be thankful. God's good. I, uh, a few years ago, we were living in a different neighborhood, and um, if you don't know me well, I, my, my family would describe me as um, a freak. Uh, I like order. I like toys not. I like things where they go. Um, I, like, I like lists. I like, I like, I like order. It, it, it makes me feel safe. It's like my blanket, okay? Um, and so it's a struggle when you have five children because when you walk in, after you've been gone all day and, and unable to yell at them about putting their toys up, you walk in with a four-year-old little boy and a, um, uh, how old is uh, a four-year-old and a, and a six-year-old little boy, 
Um, there's toys everywhere, okay? And I walk in, and I have like a four-minute drive from here to my house, and I don't have time to, to pray enough. <laughs> three more hours of ministry when you get home. Three more hours, man. Just, just play on the floor, you know, be happy, smile, pretend like you're not angry about the toys. Just go, do it, do it. God's good, right? You're thankful. And then Heather tells me, you better be thankful for these toys. One day, they're going to graduate. They're not going to want to visit us, and uh, there's no, you're going you're to be wishing you had some toys on the floor. I'm like, no, I probably won't. <laughs> I don't think I will wish there were toys on the floor. I'll miss them, but uh, that's why we got scrapbooks. So I will, uh, I, are they in here? Uh, yeah, okay. I love you. Um, so my boys, though, the, the, I've come to grips with toys on the floor in the house. I'm, I'm, we're working through it. We're working through it. Uh, and I'm doing a lot better there, but what, what's, what I haven't handled very well are, is, are things in the yard. Okay, we have 98 uh, riding toys in our garage. Okay, and so what the boys do on any given day if the sun's out, we need them all out of the garage in the yard. And at our old house, we had like 17 Razor scooters. And the boys, I remember pulling in the driveway one day, and there were four Razor scooters. At the time, I had a Zoysia lawn. If you know what Zoysia is, it was it, it was an idol of mine. Okay, and the Lord taught me a lesson and grew weeds in it and 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 gave me two sons to wreck it. But we, we had four. <laughs> We had four Razor scooters on the Zoysia, and I remember pulling in one afternoon, and they're out there, and I go in, I'm like, get the Razor scooters off the lawn. Get it. Go. No one listens to me. I pull out the next morning of the driveway, and they are still there. Okay, so I'm going to text Heather. Boys, better get out there and fix this. I'm driving out of our neighborhood, and I start looking, and it's a small neighborhood, and we lived on the main little thoroughfare, and every one of my neighbor's yards are like torn up. Some, I'm, I figured it out. It clicked. Someone came through in the night and drove through with a big truck all of my neighbor's front yards. And there were tire tracks in every single yard. I'm like, oh my gosh, they did that to our yard. I turn around. I go back. The yard's messed up. Yard's messed up. I get to our yard. The lawn looks beautiful because there are four Razor scooters <laughs> laid out on the yard and no one drove in my yard. I am the only one in the, in the neighborhood that did not have a four-wheel drive in their yard because my precious little children le left those Razor scooters out. Glory to God. <laughs> Be thankful. Everything about your understanding of God and your relationships with others will begin to change if you will marvel at how good God is instead of what you don't have. And I know I spend a lot of time thinking about what I don't have, what I should have gotten, what could have been, what could be. And um, the truth is when I stop and think that most of us right now have got enough money to, in, in the bank or in our pocket to walk out of here and go somewhere in Loganville and have a servant prepare our meal and bring us our food. Like you've got enough money to pay someone else to cook for you. Be grateful. There are some people who, who physically cannot be here this morning. They want to be here. They want to be a part of Journey, but they could not physically be here because of a health issue. But you're here. Be thankful. There are some couples in here, and your marriage is on fire, man. Things are not good right now, and it's a struggle. But then there's others of you that, you're, man, you're in a season. Things are good right now. It's been tough, but think you're, you're in this little spot where it's, a, it's, a, it's sweet right now. Man, be thankful. Be grateful. 
We got, we've got parents and their kids here, uh, or we've got parents here who their kids are, are in a mess. They are wayward. They are like drugs and alcohol, wayward, doing their own thing. But your kids are here this morning. Thank God for that. Well, they just, they just get bees. I'm so sick of it. They, do. they got bees. They got bees. They just breathe. I'm not saying you shouldn't have some expectations, but chill. Um, just breathe a little bit, Mom. Breathe, okay? It's okay. My mom actually came here to hear me today. Uh, she didn't know I was preaching. She came to hear Pastor Ken, but um, <laughs> she's here, blessed. She would have taken me for a steak dinner had I got straight bees when I was a kid. Dude, uh, it would have been, bees, what? In math? Who did you cheat off of? Because I can't do math. Had I had these ADD pills when I, when I was a kid, I may have been able to. But um, yeah, somebody, somebody uh, last time I preached came up, no, three people came up to me in, in the lobby afterwards and were like, man, that was, so, that was really good for you to be so ADD. I'm like, I didn't know I was ADD. I? But um, apparently I am because I'm talking about ADD right now. Uh, but I did go get tested, passed, aced it, and, and we're good. So. Um, what else? Uh, rah, 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 rah. Oh, yeah, you had the option of having breakfast this morning. You had the option of eating breakfast. Maybe you didn't. It's the most important bill, meal of the day. But God has been unbelievably good to you, man, to give you the option to have some breakfast this morning. You got a good friend? You have, a, like, at least one good friend? Dude, you're blessed. Be grateful for that because good friends are really, really hard to find. You got some money in the bank? Praise God. A lot of us don't. On and on and on we could go and lay out some things, but you should be no stranger to how good God is. I need to become an expert on how good he is to me. I need to become an expert at thinking about what he's done with me and for me and, and the good things in my life. So if you're struggling with gratitude, it's 12. I think somebody just gave me that. Um, if you're struggling with gratitude, check it out. Here's a couple things. Man. Lay those things before God. Say, I'm struggling. I'm jealous of his this. I'm jealous that they can afford that. I'm jealous that they got to go here and, and I didn't. I'm jealous that everybody else seems to be at the lake on Labor Day weekend and I am here, okay? I, you know, if you're struggling, lay that before God. Get some people. Get in a community group and lay that before some people that you're in community with. And then get serious about being completely dialed into what God has done good for you, what he's done good in your life. I think there's a football game today, and maybe you're watching it, but I would say, man, before the football game or before whatever it is that you're doing, before whatever documentary you start watching this afternoon for those nerds like me, um, take a minute and make a list of things that you're grateful for. I promise, and that sounds like something you'd give a fifth grader, but make a list of the things that you're, you're grateful for. It will, it will, it'll blow your mind. It'll surprise you because you don't ever think about the good things. We don't usually think about all the things that we should be grateful for. So you'll be surprised, and it'll lead to greater joy. And ultimately, the goal here is for my gratitude to lead to a deeper relationship with my Heavenly Father who delights in me. I am dearly loved by Him, and I need to be grateful for Him and stop comparing my, what, His goodness to me with His goodness to other people because He says, your business is not to be about them. Your business is to be about me. 
And once everything's right with him, then other relationships, other things seem to fall in place. Let me pray for you. And uh, then we'll wrap up in just a second. God, we, we want to be grateful people. And there are different triggers in all of our lives that cause us to be ungrateful. For some of us, it's what we see on social media. For others of us, it is a wealthy relative. For others of us, it is a wealthy friend. For others of us, it's someone who is not dealing with a, with a sickness, who's not dealing with an issue. Some of us are jealous and, and comparing ourselves to people who seem happy all the time when on the inside we are not happy or joyful at all. I pray that we would begin to look to you. I pray that we would practice gratitude, that we would be intentional about daily showing how thankful we are to you, living for you, living a life that says thank you. And you've been really, really good to us. And I pray that we would think about that daily and that that would stir up even more love for you. So we just want to stop and we want to praise you. God, would you help us to get all the things that aren't going right out of our mind and would you just fill our mind right now with you and how good you are and we stop and we want to sing to you and praise you. Amen. Let's all stand and let's, let's praise him for a minute.